I'm Jason Klaus. And you know as well as anybody that in this day and age, and no matter where you look, there's something negative happening. There's something that is bringing us down. There is something that is causing us roadblocks on our journey of life. What if I told you I had five simple reminders that would inspire us and motivate us to have a better day each and every day? That's what we're going to talk about on Friday night, November the 12th. It will be on that night that I return to Lapeer, Michigan in an entertainment endeavor for the first time in over 20 years. But no, I'm not going to be stepping into a wrestling ring. I'm not going to be wearing tights and boots. Instead, I'm going on stage for a one-man motivational stage show. It's Klaus to the Heart Live, and it happens live from the Pix Theater in downtown Lapeer, Michigan. So join me for a night of fun, for a night of inspiration, and something that could get you back on the right path. And more importantly, these five simple reminders to shove all of that negativity out of your day. And it all goes down beginning at 7 p.m. with a special acoustic musical performance from local singer-songwriter Todd Gilbert. It's Klaus to the Heart Live, and it goes down Friday night, November 12th. The Pix Theater in downtown Lapeer, Michigan. Advanced tickets will be available beginning Friday, October the 15th, but you can still buy your tickets at the door the night of the show. Join me as I come home. The following is a Klaus to the Heart presentation as a part of the Jackal Creations Podcast Network and has been rated M for, for mature audiences only. Some material and dialogue may not be suitable for members of the family under 18 years of age. Two longtime friends with a seemingly ignorant amount of free time. And uh, we are recording. I'm just going to hit the record button now. Have decided to start their own podcast. I mean, I don't know if that's a good idea. Yeah, it can only get better, right? <laughs> <clears throat> Unique. This is their show. No format, no filter. My cup of tea, Mr. Burgett. You know what I mean? Well, I'm going to call bullshit right out of the gate. Because... Jackal Creation Podcast presents Jason Klaus and Jim Burgett. This is Tea Time. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to the experience that you wait all week for. This is tea time here is a part of the jackal creations podcast network powered by anchor.fm along with jim Brigette. i'm yee fucking ha baby <laughs> two weeks in a row we're fired up and getting after it look i i gotta be straight up with you t i'm in a pretty i'm, I'm in a pretty happy and jovial mood here this week that's great i'm glad you are <laughs> because my Monday didn't start so freaking good. No, you had you had a rough rough start to the week, that's for sure. But it's almost Thursday turned, now. I almost turned around, went home, went right back to bed, said fuck this. I have maintained <coughs> excuse me that the best part to start every day is with a good cup of coffee. It is. Um that really sets the tone for the day. Now, well, yeah. generally, I make my own coffee here. So if it gets screwed up, I've got no one to blame but myself. But if you put, put that kind of responsibility in the hands of what's called a barista, 
or <laughs> some other coffee house employee, you're really rolling the dice, right? Because if, if, if they don't have it just right, just the way you want it, well, then your whole day is fucked up right, right out of the get-go. Am, am I right? Oh, see, let me tell you, it was devastating, heartbreaking, all in one. <laughs> I mean, and I know all you coffee drinkers out there, hell, even your cup of tea drinkers out there, you wait for that one exact moment to take that sip of coffee and to feel it hits your soul and goes all the way down <laughs> to the ends of your toe tips. What will be forecasted as a good day when you have that first sip of coffee. I had that WrestleMania moment stolen from me this morning on my cup of coffee. Now, okay, so I roll into Tim Hortons around, I'm going to say 20 to 5, quarter to 5 this morning. There was your problem. Hold on. Last couple of years, <coughs> it's been the same. Extra large coffee, three cream, no sugar. Not an issue. I get my coffee, I set it in my council, and away I take my happy ass to work. Now, I don't get right on the coffee right away. There's a moment where it's just about cool enough to drink it. Hell, I've got the spot marked on the road when it's time to enjoy that nice sip of coffee. Sure. I took it off, and I'm like, I cannot wait for this. I took a drink, and all I got was sugar and black water. <laughs> so I got three sugar, no cream instead of three cream, no sugar. Now, I was not happy. I thought maybe I'll power through. Not a chance. So I was pissed off all the way to work. Well, let me, okay. Having, having laid all that out, I totally understand where you're coming from. However, I have to take exception to something that happened. This well, right. Because during the midst of your catastrophe with your coffee, you're texting me while I'm at work. And the initial tone of your message was, well, you had sent, you had sent the, the traditional good morning tea message. I responded with good morning like we were going to start off on a positive note this was monday morning that that we're talking about so i'm not going to bust your balls right out of the gate so i said something along the lines of how's things or how are you this morning or what whatever and and you reply well hell hello you, you reply not good and then right after that not good at all so immediately i'm thinking there's something wrong at home, right? So uh -oh. my my alert level shot up to code red, like right out of the gate. And I'm like, well, what's wrong? And I'm expecting I'm expecting some sort of news to come in. And then you re you you lay out the whole coffee thing. Now I chuckled first because I understand um, how important that first you know cup of coffee is in the morning specifically on a monday um but then i got pissed off at you about <laughs> how it was how you had you know because like i felt like you were toying with my emotions and i don't uh, like that t i don't like when, when when my emotions are fucked with like and, and you play with them like like they're a goddamn yo-yo i don't like this and well first of all that's how i was feeling being betrayed by what could only pass as not coffee and if there was a super emergency you know there would be a phone call not a text message so you can take that oh, I was pissed off at you shoving up your candy ass because I really don't. do I need to screenshot it and put put it up on on the tea time Facebook page because I feel like the general audience will side with me. I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. But also, that was pretty devastating. I get it. Here's the problem. You went to Tim Hortons. Tim Hortons sucks. Well, first of all, I've never had an issue, okay? Never, not once. First time in a few years. 
I don't get anything other than, okay, sometimes I'll get the occasional donut and I'll get Harley his plain little Timbit because he loves the drive through. Sure. But yeah, I don't ever just take the coffee and taste it right away because sometimes it's piping hot, you know? Well, coffee usually is, but. Well, I understand, cool. but you know what I mean. So I couldn't like really test it before I pulled out. And I'm not going to make a phone call over a fucking cup of coffee. That's oh, I would. I would. I know. I would, Karen. But that's not how it's going to play out. Now, so I made it through. I made it through. I got some good coffee. I actually had a couple of things, a couple of cups with a little bit of kick tour. The day was salvaged. However, it took a couple hours. I, I was I was in another time zone, and I feel like I was robbed. Well, I'm sorry that your week started out so so shitty. But I, not I, all is lost okay. because I'm pretty happy that U of M won, and Michigan State unfortunately suffered their first loss. Yep. I felt for you. Well, I almost happened. busted your balls, but I didn't. I let it go because. Uh, technically, you whooped on us, so I guess I don't have no, you know, so I let it go. Well, I mean, I get it, but, you know, I'm not one of those people that jumps on on social media or text messaging or anything like that to bust other people's balls when they're when their preferred team is not doing well. Like, that didn't I happen. I can do whatever. You know what I mean? I can do that. You'll be okay. You do it to me all the time. That's not so- accurate. Well, maybe not on the teams, but, you know. When do I bust your balls about anything other than having no neck? (laughs) I love how you just casually said (laughs) Like we're taking a sip of water. Uh, Circling circling back real quick, I I just want to uh, reiterate that as we're recording this right this very second in this cup that you see is a perfect Klaus cup of coffee. Oh, nice. Don't choke on it. Perfect. I don't know if you can see, but I have a nice ice cold 12 ounce Bud Light. And uh, you know what I mean? So, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have to work tonight, so I don't have that luxury of uh, cracking one open, as it were. I mean, I could. I guess I could. I'd be like most everybody else that works midnights there, but neither here nor there. Rim shot. (coughs) T, you're only a few short days away from Lapeer. Oh my God! I listen as we're recording this show. T is the go home show before Lapeer. Like this stops on Thursday, and Lapeer. If you're listening to this on Thursday, Lapeer is tomorrow night. And to, to to say that out loud and knowing that that is the case um, sends a jolt of a lot of emotions through my inner core. Like I felt it in my ears when, when I just said that. Oh, you I'm did? I'm nervous, Key. I'm nervous. Well, you, you are. You kind of are, but you always knock it out of the park. So, you know. Well, you, you shan't have nothing to be nervous about. This is right up your alley. This is who you are. This is what you like. This is what you do. And I get that to an extent because, I, like, I've, because here's the thing, man. Like, I, I'm usually not one that goes too far into the weeds as far as my feelings, my emotions, you know, because that becomes a very vulnerable thing for me. Like, I've always been very guarded about how I feel about shit. And I, I, I've had it used against me before and I don't, so I have these walls up, you know what I'm saying? I do. So knowing the pressure that I'm feeling and I realize I can, I can say it and it just doesn't register with people because very much like what you said, this is what you do. You're used to this. You're used to being up in public, this, that, and the other thing, which in, in some regards, yeah. This is what I do, but doing an MWO show and doing a stage show are two different things. In relation, 
doing a podcast, sitting here and recording like this with you is different than being in real time reaction, um, live event. You know what I'm saying? And I've tried talking to a few of my friends about this, and it's it's all of them across the board. You have nothing to worry about. You you got this. You're gonna kill this. You're gonna be great. You're gonna be this. You're gonna be that. Look, I understand that when the red light comes on, I go into a different frame of mind, a different mode. Yes, that is true. But there are so many layers of emotions that are going into this thing that I have never experienced in any type of entertainment endeavor that I've ever embarked on. And I realize where the majority of that stems from. This venue, the Picks Theater, is so significant on so many levels like it is it's significant to the city of lapeer it's an iconic venue um it was a staple of my childhood with my brother knowing that jeff was in frankenmuth uh for my first stage show and now he's not going to be here in physical form for for lapeer that's been fucking with me like the last few days straight up. Um, I don't think I've hidden to cry more than I have in the last handful of days. And I feel like as we get closer to this thing, like I'm trying, like mentally, I'm trying to get all of that emotion out of me. So by the time tomorrow night comes, and I go to step out on stage, like all of that has gone through through my system and it's go time. I'm not 100% sure of how that's going to be until that time comes. Like I can mentally tell myself that, but you don't know how you're going to react until it's real time and it's happening and we're live and we're this and we're that. I'm very scared. I, I'm scared that there won't be a lot of people there um that and once we get past the event i'll go deeper into detail about that because i certainly don't want to ruffle any, any feathers um beforehand um but there's aspects about this that i wish were handled differently but again we'll talk about that next week when we do the recap bottom line is is that i am a big ball of emotions right now Personally, professionally, the whole nine yards. Am I going to go out there and knock it out of the ballpark? Look, I have no choice. Because I have put so much stock into this one show. I have put, I like, I am anticipating this event more than the last handful of MWO events that I've done, with the exception of Fremont, in, in Indiana. Because that, that one just stands out above and, and beyond unto itself just because of everything that goes into play with that with that town, with that venue, with that show. I want to interject for a second. Okay, I'll shut up. No, 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 no. I just want to I just want to give you some reinforcement here. I know I you're you're comparing shows, yes. However, I've been to a lot of WrestleRamas in that backstage with many different class of roster members from some of the best ones you've ever had in there to maybe some of the not so great. However, you've always commanded a respect when it comes to we have our show meetings and this isn't performing. This is being a general, a, an outside general on how things want to go. Building up giving guys confidence, giving guys confidence to go out there and, and to back them up. Uh, sorry. And I had to shut that off. So you've been able to reach down deep on many different shows before the shows. Like I said, I'm repeating myself, giving guys confidence, laying out, you know, what's going to happen from the start to the end to even in between and, and guys get behind you 
So I have no doubt, bro, you're going to go out there and just do not the same thing, but command that type of respect, command that type of confidence in your abilities or what you know how to do when it comes to it comes to speaking like that because you've done it a lot in a lot of high pressure situations and we've been in bigger buildings it, like like in Frank and uh, Birch Run you know and I, I mean, uh, that's not uh, Rumble for Ruby that's another one a bunch of guys looking at you listening to you and, and you know what I'm saying so You've got you've you've absolutely got this by the balls. You just got to go out there and do it. And I will, because like I said, once once the proverbial red light comes on, I shift into a completely different area of my brain. I go into what's what I call show mode. I go into gimmick mode. Um, you know, it's a different dynamic though, because with like. With the MWO, there is, I mean, I hear what you're saying in that, you know, I'm laying everything out, the general role or what have you, but there is a roster of men and women that share that load from a performance standpoint. Doing a stage show, doing a motivational stage show, there isn't a roster that is is shouldering some of that pressure because it, it's my name is the one on, on the marquee well except for Todd but I mean he's doing the you know the musical opening act which I'm greatly appreciative of I'm not disparaging that at all but it's my brand it's my name that's on the marquee and like the people that are coming they're not coming to a wrestling show they're coming right for me to inspire them or to motivate them and and like i feel like i have a pretty good topic that's going to resonate with everybody that's what you want regardless of where you're from who you are what your background is i mean we all have basic fundamentals in life and i mean you've heard me talk about it a million times across all of our shows here well maybe not turnbuckle time machine but the majority of our platforms under this network so like but i i've also put the this this pressure on myself and i realize i've done this to myself but i've done it to kind of motivate myself to push myself um you you know i feel like i have to i have to have a a strong showing tomorrow night in 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 lapeer if I want to pursue um, f- future speaking engagements, like I feel like if I bomb in in Lapeer, that's going to kill my career as a motivational s- speaker. You you know what you know what what I'm trying to say here? Yeah, I do. I I do understand that. Coming, okay. I don't know how to. Well, coming from, okay, I'm going to go back to wrestling. On them speeches, we've even had talks in private, you know, before and after matches. And, and I've always gotten good advice from you. And you, you've always said the things where I've had to reach down deep. You know what I mean? And, but that wouldn't have never, that would have never come out had you not bring stuff up. I listen to you, and I'll, I'll go back to it again. Listen to those pre-show speeches and 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 talk about what it means to be in a spotlight that's still motivating people that's still lighting a fire that's it's not the same thing i get it as a stage show but the overall premise is the same and that's it's finding something that resonates with each and every person out there and and getting them to get that fire inside of them to bring it out in them to make them do better so I'm going to agree to disagree with what you had to say about that as far as the wrestling side of it go. But that's as a performer. Yeah, I understand about shouldering it, but I can't shoulder it if it's not even been brought to my attention what needs to be done. So you're actually inspiring me to be able to do that. So, I mean, I got to tell you, it's it's on along the same path, man. Whether you want to admit it or not. I no. Okay. And, 
No, I mean, I understand what you're saying, and, and I appreciate what, what you're saying, but, it, like, my brain just isn't connecting to it like that. No. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's, it's a difficult dynamic because, um, you know, and, again, it, it all goes back, you know, I'm, I'm not really concerned about, at this point, at this hour, I'm not really, you know, concerned about the presentation. Like I've put a lot of, like I've incorporated things for this show that I didn't do, that I didn't have the capability to, to do in Frankenmuth. You know, like I made myself a Titantron video to walk out to, and I did kind of like a cold open video package to kind of, in, you know, bring everybody up to speed because you know, I take into consideration that a lot of the people that are going to be in the picks tomorrow night, they're my friends, they're my family, uh, my union brothers and sisters. Um, but I also come to the realization that there could very well be people that are coming that may have seen the Facebook ad or, or, or what have you that may not know who I am. So... I had to bring everybody up to speed in some way, shape, or form. So we have like this 10-minute opening thing, cold open, uh, between the backstory, why this is important, to the Titantron video, to me walking out on stage. And this is after, after Todd's set. You know, Todd will have all, all already come out, done his 10-minute his, his bit, and he's off the stage. Um, but... You get one shot to make a first impression. And I realize that there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be in the picks that were at Fisher Hall. So they have a general idea of what to expect. The ones who have never seen me in this avenue, those are the ones that I have to impress. Those are the ones that I have to resonate with. Those are the ones that I am not desperately trying to gain their their support or or whatever because they have shown some sort of commitment if they're going to spend an hour and a half or, or or whatever on a friday night to come watch me entertain them so there's a lot of different pressures and things that, that go into this and i realize that a lot of this i have put on myself but for and i realize i don't I'm not, I'm finding, I'm having a hard time finding the right words to adequately, de, you know, describe how I'm feeling about this because people just chalk it up. Oh, it's pre-show jitters. It's this. No, it's, it is so much more than that. And I just can't find the words for people to understand why you, you know what? And that's frustrating yeah. for, for me. Because I, you know, they're like, man, you need to, re, you know, talk about your feelings. You need to talk about this. Like I'm trying, but I feel like I'm being dismissed or 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 disregarded. That gets frustrating. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. Regardless, tomorrow night, 7 p.m., the red light comes on. Todd is going to go out there for, for the first 10 minutes and he is going to knock it out of the ballpark because that's what Todd does. He, he thrives in this environment. And the Picks Theater is a venue that he has very much wanted to perform in for a while. And I'm happy that my show gives him that opportunity because... That gives him this chance to attract new fans, too. A lot of people that are going to be there may not know what he's all about or how talented he is or, or anything like this. <coughs> Pardon me. I'm lost. Uh, no, I, I can see you. Oh, there you go. So, but I know regardless, you know, tomorrow night, the red light goes on. I'm going to go out there. And, you know, whether people like it or whether they don't, the one thing that I can guarantee you is that by the time I walk off the stage at the end of this thing, 
I will have I will have given you every ounce of energy, passion, and everything that I have within my fibers of being to that audience. That I can promise. And like I'm sure you're gonna do a fantastic job. I cannot wait to be there. It's gonna be, I think everybody's gonna have a real good time. And I'm looking forward to it. So, did you talk to your agents about the red and yellow M and M's? Uh, yeah, they said go fuck yourself. Okay, sweet. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Well, let's um, switch gears a little bit because there's something else I would like to discuss. Oh boy. So, yeah this this is a much lighter topic. This one makes my heart feel warm and glowing. Oh, I- <laughs> I think I know where you're going to go. And while Mama Burnett has become my new favorite person. Hold on. <laughs> and, while you, and while you're getting ready to introduce this, I'm actually going to send you something. And uh, I think you'll get a real good chuckle out of it. And, uh, yeah, go ahead. You, you Go ahead and bring it on up. Well, listen, the last several weeks on this, on this particular show, um, Oh my goodness! <laughs> Good old Harley. Yeah. Um, the last several weeks on on this particular show, you have busted my balls about about the whole Christmas thing. Little shots, little jabs, little this, little that about putting the Christmas lights out, getting the totes up, getting you know, getting in how in holiday mood. And I, you know, I waited until Halloween came and went. Like I haven't turned anything on. Um, haven't even done anything like that. But I, like, I think it was like November second or November third. One hundred point three FM out of Detroit switched their format to all Christmas music. Oh man! So there's that, which makes me happy because I get the. You know, I get to share those moments to and from work or whenever I'm in whenever I'm in my truck. Now, to my surprise, just the other day, you sent me this <laughs> a, a series of text messages like you're not gonna believe this bullshit. You sent me a picture of of your living room that is illuminated beautifully. <laughs> With Christmas trees and Christmas lights, and Mama Burgett went above and beyond to start <laughs> her decoration for the holidays. And I have to tell you, it warmed my heart to no end. I I know, and and I told her, but I was in visiting with the old man, just seeing how he was feeling and whatever. And she's out, she's pounding on the door like she's SWAT. You know what I mean? And. <laughs> And I come out there, because I know it's not my dad, because I'm with him, you know what I mean? So sure. I'm like, what's up? She's like, you got to come out here and check this out. So I go out there, and I, lo and behold, there's the mother effing Christmas tree. Five foot nothing, string bay with all kinds of stuff put on it. And then she hits a switch, and the bay window's covered with Christmas lights. The Christmas lights <laughs> And we, we used to have an old fireplace in the living room. That's how the house was heated. And we have like a cobblestone type chimney. <laughs> On that chimney, there's a long mantle. And, and you got like 15 feet of nothing but Christmas lights all doing intermittent lights, this and that. And she was so proud. <laughs> she was so proud. I'm like, so I, I scorned her and I sent the old bird to her room. Wait a minute. Wait. <laughs> I said, what in the hell is this? I was like, it's not supposed to be till January, January November 27th or whatever it is. The Why? day after Thanksgiving. Why? I don't know. But I wasn't going to. I didn't really. I didn't really send her to the room. I didn't want her whipping my ass. So, um, so I, I took a couple pictures and that's what I had sent to you. And I told her, I told her about the shit that I give you on a nonstop basis about the whole Christmas thing. And I, 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 I says, she says, 
it, he told me it really warmed his heart to see the Christmas tree. And she's sitting on the couch with Harley. She goes, well, good. I'm glad I made his day. <laughs> so she was pretty, she was pretty proud. She, she has every right to be. It, it looks absolutely beautiful. And, and I mean, you can really tell the amount of work and, and effort that she put into it. And so I, for one, appreciate it. And it did, man. It put a smile on my face and made, made me feel all warm and fuzzy on the inside. Like the holidays are here, T. And this is, you know, generally uh, my most favorite time of the year. Yeah, it's. I mean, you know, it's because it's it, it's uh, tied to one thing, and that's family, you know. And to be able to to be able to wake up with family and spend the morning and drink that that very good coffee in the morning, or maybe hot cocoa. No, right? it's, well, I mean, for the kids, yeah, they they get the hot cocoa. Marshmallows or no marshmallows? Um, it depends on the mood. Now, oh, really? Yeah, I mean, I I like to I like to switch it up every now and again. Like there are times I'll put marshmallows in there. There yeah. are times where I'll I'll take the whipped cream and I'll put the whipped cream in there with some chocolate, uh, some sauce over there. You know the okay. drizzle. Um, sometimes I'll put a candy cane in there with it. Oh. Like it all depends. Yeah, you know what I do. I make a big old well, a nice little mug of hot cocoa, and then I put rum chata or Bailey's in it. <laughs> I'm stunned. Like, I did not see that coming. Yeah, right? So, I can't even believe I'm going to ask this question. So, what's your go-to Christmas movie? Good question. And I actually thought about this last night. Because um, I tried to think of what my favorite different aspects of the Christmas holiday is. Like I, without a without a shadow of a doubt, if you were to ask me what my favorite Christmas song is, it comes up immediately, no questions asked. The little uh, the the little drummer boy by by Bob Seger is my all time favorite Christmas song. A lot of that because well, for, for one, I'm a Bob Seger fan. Number two, I've always loved the song, and number three, it reminds me of my dad. Because my dad always liked that song. You know, he still does. But I'm not trying to use them in past tense or, or whatever. But um, that's that's my go-to song. Like, okay. if I'm feeling like shit and, and I need I need an, an immediate pick-me-up, I will throw that song on. Movie-wise, um, you know, the, the, I guess when you asked me that, the first one that came to mind was National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, followed by the live-action version of The Grinch with, oh. with uh, Tim Carey. Love that movie. And I realize a lot of people don't. A lot of people shit on that movie. I get it. I understand. But I love it. I, I mean, as far as live-action adaptations of a cartoon... In my mind, for my money, it gets no better than that. That's just me. Um, the um, Bad Santa, um, I I have a great appreciation for that movie because when I think of that movie, I think of you in Platinum. <laughs> so, you know, even though you, you know, not so much Platinum, but like you're always a dick to me, but it, it always... <laughs> I'm I'm the Billy Bob. Is that what you're saying? Uh, yeah, you're the Billy Bob, and he's the Thurman Merman. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh heavens! I'm surprised you left Home Alone out of that pick. Out of that. Look, man, it's it's difficult to pick one. Um, Home Home Alone is very high on my list. As a matter of fact, before we recorded this here today, um, I was doing. I was. I have a printing project. I'm starting here tomorrow, um, Tuesday, as as it were, as we're as we're recording this. But I w I went upstairs and and the kids had Home Alone on. So I sat down and watched the last 
half hour or for 45 minutes with of, of it with them. Uh, but I mean, that's right up there. Um, One of my favorite parts of that movie was the uh, John Candy cameo. Oh, God. I mean, I anything mean, that dude was in was gold. Oh, my God. The polka band. I mean, jeez. Oh, man. Yeah. John Candy, it was nothing short of a national treasure, man. Yeah. <laughs> you got amen to that, brother. Yeah, you know, very, you know, he, he was appreciated when he was here, but like so many other people, it took his passing for people to really have an understanding as to how great he truly was. Um, you know, there's a number of movies that, you know, are on my must watch list, you know, but the, uh, the original two home alones, the third one, the fourth one, all those suck. Anything that didn't have, the wet bandits in it. <laughs> the or, sticky bandits. <laughs> or the sticky bandits in right. Um, you know, the Grinch with with now um I watched various adaptations of a Christmas Carol. And I like I love that story so much. And I've seen a lot of different adaptations of that movie. Like the first one that I watched was the one that was the made made for TV movie that came out in 84 with George C. Scott playing Scrooge. And that was my mom's favorite. So I think that's why I have such an appreciation for, for that movie because I remember sitting down with her and watching that like every year. But this animated one that they had that, that Disney had come out with a few years ago with Jim Carrey again in the lead role here, but he was animated, like computer animated. Um, that was the first time Jeff had seen a 3D movie. And like we went, it, it must have been the weekend of Turkey Day that year that it came out. I believe it was 2009 that it came out. And we went to the theater, we saw it in 3D. And what I remember about that movie was during the 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 opening credits and you know uh, Cratchit is going you know he's sliding through town and all this stuff and and the credits were were popping up on, on the screen watching it in 3D it was like right in your face and I remember that first one that came on the screen like Jeff is sitting next to me and he rears back in his seat he's like holy shit it's right there <laughs> I mean, he said it loud enough for everybody in the theater to hear him. You know what I mean? And I, I started laughing my ass off because it was, because it was, man. It was like it, 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 it seemingly was in your lap, and he just kind of got way back into his seat. He's like, "It's right there." <laughs> I'll that, never for, forget that. I didn't know they. I I didn't know they made it. A, uh, made an animated uh, movie of that. The only one I remember is when he played uh, uh, the Grinch. Uh, that was quite a few years ago. Yeah. And I really enjoyed that one, too. I, I thought that was pretty dang good. I I love the Grinch. Um, yeah. This new one that, that they came out with a couple of years ago, this new animated one, I hated it. Oh, not that good, huh? No, I was not a fan of it. Like, like my kids dug it and everything, when I guess that's you know who they were gearing it towards. It, I, I didn't care for it. it. It like took away from the the original story, and you know, like the original story, the Grinch wanted nothing, to, you know, to do with Whoville and all the Who's. You know, this new one, like he goes into town like every other day to make it. It's no, you know, like it's nothing, and that's not uh, what the original story was. And I did, I did not like it at all. You took away from the 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 whole mystique of it to begin with. Exactly. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I'm gonna switch gears for just a minute because I know we just talked about John Candy briefly. Chris Farley was my like John Candy, like. I know Candy was good with Aykroyd and so many of them other guys from SNL with all the movies he's made. I know you're a fan. Was it was it Planes, Trains, and Automobiles? Love Uncle that movie. Now, I, like you said, I like them movies, but for me, the big guy was Chris Farley, man. And I know he didn't make as good as caliber movie as the ones that Candy was in because 
let's face it, Candy's a, Candy's a legend. And but Chris, man, I just I loved his shit, dude. Even on Saturday Night Live, he was so good. And I came across the Adam Sandler tribute he did on that Netflix um uh, special he had. I think it was a couple of years ago, man. Yeah. And that's tough to get through because. Uh, they always touched on how close they were. A lot of them were, and uh, that man, what a huge loss, dude. Yeah, and I I can understand that. Um, I I appreciated Farley for what he brought to the table in that era, uh, especially during his time on Saturday Night Live. Now. You talk about his movies, like he did a couple of cameo shots in some, in some of Sandler's movies, um, which he was great in. Um, I enjoyed Black Sheep and I enjoyed Tommy Boy. Um, but like the Beverly Hills Ninja thing, yeah. I thought sucked. It just wasn't, I, I, I don't know, it just didn't, it didn't register with me. But when I looked at Chris Farley, and his body of work on on Saturday Night Live. Because I've watched Saturday Night Live off and on forever, man. Um, I looked at Farley as the newer version of John Belushi. Right. And there was a lot of similarities between the two, both professionally and personally, especially towards the, the end there. Yeah. Both, both of them gone way, way too soon. And Farley came out and said that that Belushi was his, you know, role model, his idol. You know, that's who he patterned himself after. And you could see that in his physical comedy. Um, now, that's not that's not saying anything disparaging against Chris Farley. But I mean, as, aside from a couple of, of the skits that stand out, like Matt Foley, that one stands out. The van down by the river guy. Yeah. Um, the, yeah, the the Chippendales thing that he did with, <laughs> with, with Patrick Swayze. Um, you know, those ones stand out, but a lot of these things, like I'm watching them, and I remember thinking, quit trying to be John Belushi and right. be Chris Farley. But that's that's that was his shtick, and I totally understand it and i do appreciate what he brought to, to the table so i can understand why you know pe people will 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 lock on to him as along the lines of a john candy and things of this nature for me because i because i i spent so much time watching the early years of snl even though it came on like in you know, I wasn't even born when 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 SNL debuted on on TV, but my mom had the the VHS tapes of the original series. Or the, oh no, the, kidding! Oh yeah, no the, shit. The the first three or four seasons she had on VHS tape, and each tape was like three hours long. Like, and I would sit there and watch all them skits, Aykroyd and. Bill Murray, Lorraine Newman, Jane Curtin, but you know Belushi, and then uh, Steve Martin was on there several times as a guest host. And man, oh man, comedy gold, comedy yeah. gold. Like there will never be another era like that. Right. I keep right. waiting for Saturday Night Live to have this resurgence that we can kind of put up against those all-star casts like when when sandler and chris rock and, and and all of them were on there we haven't had a good cast all-around cast in quite some time for saturday night live and i'll be straight up with you um i'm kind of surprised it's still on and it's it's going to be a sad day when when that show is canceled because with as sensitive as everybody is nowadays it's just a matter of time before they push the wrong buttons on the wrong day. The yeah. pressure is going to come down on Lauren Michaels and NBC, and they're going to pull the plug. And this thing's been on like 45 fucking years. Yeah. It, it, it it's insane. What? Was it the 70s or did that start at the end of the six? I can't. The 75. Oh, 75. So a year before we were born. Yeah. Wow. 
Yep. Crazy, huh? Yeah. Now, was didn't Andy Kaufman was he not was he a part of that at all, or was that just taxi? He was a guest host on there. He wasn't part of the original. He wasn't part. Okay. You know, it's because I always thought that Steve Martin was part of the cast. He was not. Oh. He was a frequent host. Okay. No, I did little, not know that either. A little bit of trivia for you. Oh, boy. Do you know who the first host of Saturday Night Live was when it debuted in October of 1975? Was it a musician? It was a stand-up comedian, somebody that you enjoy. Uh, what, uh, Eddie, um, oh my God. Not Eddie, Eddie Murphy. Murphy. Eddie Murphy? No. Who was it? George Carlin. Oh, no shit. Yeah. No shit. God rest that man's soul, too. You want to talk about a guy ahead of his time? Yeah, no shit. I mean, the things that he was talking about in the 80s and 90s very much resonate here today in 2021. The sale of bullshit. Yeah. So <laughs> all the warranties and all that. Talk about talk about everybody taking showers and all the scrubbing for. <laughs> he goes, you guys need to get germs on you. You need to get sick. He goes, when we get hot, we used to jump in sewage water like the Hudson River or something. You know? He's uh, yeah, ahead of your time. <coughs> you are absolutely head on the nail, right on that. Yeah, yeah, it was deemed controversial back then, but my God in heaven, like yeah. you, you look at guys like Carlin, you look at guys like Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy. Um, there's no way, there's no way they would be allowed to do no what they did back then. No, they are too damn sensitive. There wouldn't be enough space, safe spaces for people to go to. Right. I mean. Um, let's touch on this a little bit, T. The Atlanta Braves are the World Series champions for 2021. Yeah, how about that? I Great saw series. some weird stat saying something like they put Hank Aaron number 44 out in center field, and then they won the first half of the game's 44, then Alcuna... Alcuna got hurt on the 44th day. Then they won. Then they were in first place for 44. Like, it just kept going 4-4-4 four, four, four for Hank Aaron. And the last thing he said, maybe there was an angel in the outfield. You know? And uh, that's awesome. I'm happy they won. I am, too. Um, very well-deserved. Uh, great series by both teams. Um, the Houston Astros... Look, I am not a fan of this of, of this team, of this franchise. I've made no bones about the fact. Um, I, I, I don't care for them. I don't care for the legacy that they have left on, on baseball in, in recent memory. But they came to play. Um, Jose Altuve, Jesus, dude, that dude, you know, you can't take him lightly. All five feet, six of them. I mean, the guy is a He's a brick shit house, yeah. and was a serious threat each and every time he came up to the plate. I believe had had Houston won, he probably would have been the MVP of that series. But um, look, the the Atlanta Braves were firing on all cylinders, um, even when they were down in late innings in a couple of them games. They fight, you know, they fought back. They they stayed in it. And on that sixth game, man, they just were like they you could tell they rolled into Houston for game six pissed off. Yeah, they did not win it in Atlanta. Having to go back to Houston for those last two games, what would have been the last two games? They won it in game six, but having to go back to Houston pissed them off. And yeah. you, you could tell that. And um but I, I, I'm so, I'm, I, I take a lot of personal happiness with Atlanta winning. And I, I, you know, we talked about this a week or two ago. Like, I have never been a big Braves fan. 
but having gone to one of their games this year in their home stadium and experiencing what that atmosphere is like and knowing what an appreciation my brother had for that team, I couldn't, and, you know, Ronald Acuna Jr. is my son's favorite baseball player, uh, even though he was out with with injury. Um, Like, I I was all in with, with, with the Braves, and I'm so happy that they, um, have won another World Series here. I just wish it could have happened in Atlanta because, my goodness, that fan base was on fire throughout that whole series. I find it so ironic that a, a lot of teams, they spend all this money, you know, bringing this guy in, bringing that guy over, make a couple of trades, they get some draft picks, got some, and they're making this big push, and then this team out of nowhere wins it all when it comes down to it. And that's awesome. It's all L.A. was supposed to make it. The Yankees were supposed to make it. Boston was supposed to make it. Um, who else was in the push? Um, St. Louis. St. Louis. Yep. I mean, a Tampa know, Bay. Tampa Bay. Thank you. Yep. And, and and look and look who did it. You know, a, right. a National League team. And good for them. Not only that, I like to see other teams win too. Because they're again, they're not ex- probably expected to win they're, at the beginning of the year. Their odds probably weren't that great, and then you take them odds, make them greater by losing Acuna halfway through the season. You're talking about a mega star on that team. You're losing a mega star, right? You know, that would be like Boston losing JD. That'd be like Boston losing or uh, New York losing Judge. You know, it's. And the fact that they still did it, and that guy, what's his name, Giorgio, whatever, he hit that bomb, and it cleared Houston, that Houston Park. I'm like, good God, man. Yeah. And yeah, so it's it's always nice to see another team win too that's not supposed to be there. Right. I totally agree. And okay. that's why I I really did not want Houston winning. Because, I mean, this is their third World Series appearance in five years. Like, yeah. they're, you know, they're approaching, you know, they're knocking on Di- on Dynasty's door. You know, kind of kind of like the San Francisco Giants did there for that stretch in the early uh, t- 2010s. Because, uh, like, every other year they were in the World Series and winning the, the damn thing consistently. Yeah. Uh, but and San Diego was supposed to be in there yeah. too, you know. Yep. And now Houston, that was kind of I think they're making a break. They had to they had to win it all because now Justin Verlander's a free agent. Now um Carrera's a free agent and um Bregman. Bregman and they J V from what I understand wants a longer contract and Houston, I w- believe they wanted to only pay him. I think it was to the tune of one year for like, I think it was 19, 19 mil. But right. I think he, he said he wanted a longer contract. So who knows? He's got till, I think he's got till the 27th of November to make a decision. And then Correa, not sure about him either. And then, like I sent you that thing this morning that the Tigers are eyeing Javi Baez or Marcus Stroman. They said that Baez would be a perfect lock at short. The only thing they're worried about would be his strikeout ratio, but they're thinking he's going to hit more bombs than striking out. And then if they don't go with him, that Marcus Stroman might be on the radar too, provided the Mets don't resign them. Right. But I mean, this now the fun part begins because if we can get a couple of vets over like they did in 2006, Get a, get another influx of vets coming to the top, to to the D with our new pitchers coming up. It, it it might be go time here, you know. They would certainly be um, in contention for the central yeah. championship, you know. So you know, right now, you know, for the longest time, it's been either Chicago White Sox or the Cleveland Indians. Or guardians as as they will be here in in the next season wow. uh, yeah yeah um but 
the Detroit Tigers are very serious about making a push here. So this this offseason is going to be very, very interesting, very noteworthy, I think. There's a lot of free agents, big-name free agents across the league, like three-quarters of the Los Angeles Dodgers are free agents right now. <laughs> and I don't think, T, you know, I don't think the Los Angeles Dodgers of 2021 um, this, you know, as we go into a new season here, they're not going to look like the same team at all. You know, Kershaw got to be getting up there in age, huh? Who Kershaw? Yeah. 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 He's, he's one of them. Obviously Max Scherzer, who they, they had just acquired in that trade from Washington. Um, he's, you know, all of them, there's like so many big name players, the heart and soul of that team. Uh, they're going to have to fork out some cash because um, there's a lot of other, uh, uh, there's a lot of other teams with a lot of cap space that they're missing those one or two players to make a push for for something. And if you can get it from a championship ca- you know, caliber team like like the Dodgers, it's not going to bode well for the faithful in in Los Angeles. Scherzer. It just oh my god, couldn't make it out of the fifth inning in Detroit, and now look at him. I know, you know signing 130 million dollar <laughs> contracts. Is he still getting paid from Washington? Like, holy shit, man! And then if he's gonna sign another big one, that's just it. The 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 core of guys that this Detroit Tigers team has had, and we watch them all go on to do great things. It's like, man. What a kick in the nuts. And they're all spread out all over. You got JD in Boston, JV in Houston, you know, Max in LA, you know. Right. It goes Crazy. on. And... Oh, oh, wait, wait. One more thing. Did you hear Castellanos opted out of his contract? No, I did not. He's going to be a free agent, too. He's getting the hell out of Cincy. That's a shame too, because I felt like Cincinnati was uh, starting to put put together a decent team that could have made a run for their division title too. So it's that's, <laughs> he's an asshole. He is. I like I I've made no bones about that. I am not a fan of that dude or Joey Bono or any of them. Um, but yeah, well, I mean that's that's the way the cookie the crumbles. Cookie crumbles. Son of a bitch. You just <laughs> that one, could you? Well, are we done here? It's almost bedtime. Yeah, well, I got to get my stuff together for work. I have to work tonight, so. Oh, yeah. So you wanted orange M&Ms for Friday tomorrow, right? No. Orange and bl- uh, brown? What are you? No. Oh, red thought... and yellow. Oh, red and yellow. Okay. Don't let me see a brown goddamn M&M in that bowl. Can I can I bring them out to you? Can I present them to you? No. No? No. <laughs> I'll put them out there. Huh? What, what are you doing right now? Huh? What are you doing? I'm itching my leg. I think I got bit by a spider or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note. Uh, we certainly appreciate everybody tuning in this week. And hopefully... Um, if you are listening to this uh, on Thursday as it drops at midnight, uh, we hope that you will c- consider uh, joining us in Lapeer t- uh, tomorrow night. That is Friday, November the 12th, 7 p.m. at the Picks, downtown Lapeer, Michigan. Uh, t- tickets are on sale at the door, $10 a piece. You, you can buy them with cash or through the PayPal app. So there, you have two different options there. There are there will be some merchandise available too for for sale, and um, so it's it's going to be a good time. I'm going to do the best that I can, and um, if you're looking for you know looking to get out of the house on Friday night, um, I can't think of a better event to come to than Klaus to the Heart Live uh, in 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 Lapeer. My first entertainment endeavor in Lapeer in over 20 years and it's just hours away nuts just nuts time to get over it or um, get on with it i'm sorry get over it get on with it wow
<laughs> oh my goodness. I'm sorry, Chief. I'm not I don't know what's happening right now. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Let's just put a bow on this before you go too far off the deep end and for real though, T, you're gonna do a great job. I'm looking forward to it. I'm sure a lot of people are looking forward to coming out tomorrow. We're gonna have a damn good time. Yeah, we will, one way or the <laughs> other. If anything, we'll start a wave. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna uh, be great. Well, we appreciate all of you t- tuning in this week, and we will be back here next Thursday, beginning at midnight uh, or 1 a.m., as it were, um, with a brand new episode of Tea Time for Jim Burgett. I'm Jason Klaus. We'll see you next week. Right here on Tea Time. Do you, do you have like your. Your catchphrase? No, you already stole it from me. It's all right. It's it's went to shit. Now I got to come up with something. (laughs) All right. We'll see you next week. Hey, everybody, if you are looking to, to clean up the yard and get it ready for the fall time, I have your solution. I want to tell you about my friends over at A and B Scrap Recycling and Lawn Care. If you have extra metal laying around, any kind of metal that you no longer have any use for, give my friends a call over at A&B Scrap Recycling. They will come to your residence or wherever you're at to pick up all of your unwanted metal. They also do full service lawn care as well. So check them out over on Facebook. Just look for A&B Scrap Recycling or give them a call at 810-219-8985. That's 810-219-8985. A&B Scrap Recycling for all of your metal removal and lawn care needs. One more time, that number is 810-219-8985.